Let's get ready to grumble! A lot of people want you to always punch up, always want you to look up. They always want you to talk about the boogeyman up there. You know, down with the system, man, down with the system. It's all true. It's all true. But when I say we got to take to the streets, when I say we've got to get other alt media, when I say we've got to get our friends and allies infecting and becoming a rogue strain of truth inside of their groups that they inhabit, inside their friendships, inside their political parties, whatever. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We can look up top, but that's lazy. That is the most lazy explanation for the problems that rob us of a future. The problem is we already know, we already know empirically the people above us aren't serving our needs. We already know this. We already know it. And yet we still don't fight back against it. We still can't get collective understanding of poverty being a political decision. We still can't understand the fact that the government can never go broke. We cannot go in debt on any debt that is payable in U.S. dollars because we create them out of thin air. There's no way to go broke on debt payable in U.S. dollars. And we don't borrow Chinese yuan. We don't borrow British pounds. We don't borrow Japanese yen. We use United States dollars, U.S. dollars. And most of the countries without fully developed economies, they end up either pegging their currency to the U.S. dollar, and then they, they then need U.S. dollars. And that's where it gets tricky. But that's not the United States. That's not the United States. And it's because of this wackadoo kind of brain-dead thinking lack of thinking that doesn't allow us down here. See, punching up there, they know what they're doing and they're being very successful at depriving us of the things we need. It's amongst us that we don't act like we deserve better. It's among us that we don't fight back against austerity, that we don't fight back for real. And as I said the other day, probably the most disgusting thing is that we have people out there ready to do anti-war demonstrations, anti-war protests in Washington, D.C. with people like Movement for a People's Party. And you have Von Mises, the Libertarian group, and the Libertarian Party working with Code Pink. And they're out there as the anti-war movement, as the anti-war protests, as the anti-war collectors of people. But I want to ask you a question. I want you to think really fucking hard about this. What do you think kills more people? Do you think the war in Ukraine will kill more people? Or do you think a lack of health care? Do you think poverty in terms of uh, starvation, in terms of exposure to the cold, in terms of lack of access to health care, you name it? Do you think that kills more people? Because that's austerity. And I've said it a million times and I'll say it a million and one more times. Instead of always looking at it like a gun, 
has to be the thing that kills people. Instead of thinking it's just wars and tanks and planes and drones that kill people. We need to understand the biggest war going on unchecked by anyone on the left, by anyone in alt media, by anyone around, period. Any of our Congress critters, any of our senators, none of our presidents is the war on poverty. And it's so fucking easy to deal with. But the problem is they need us desperate. They need us slaves. And the only way that they can gauge whether they're good or bad, whether they're doing well in life, is the distance between them and the person below them. See, thinking that war is the only form of war, if you will, traditional war, literally allows everyone to ignore the real blight in society, which is the killing by policy. It's invisible. It's like creeping death. And you never know. It's kind of hard. You can kind of vaguely say, well, they probably would have lived if they'd have been given preventative treatment for that heart condition, but they didn't. So they died. So that's not murder. That's just, they made bad choices. See how that works. Gap psychology describes the common desire to distance yourself from those below you in any socioeconomic income, wealth, power ranking, and to come nearer to those above you. The socioeconomic distance is referred to as the gap. We tend to distance ourselves from groups we consider to be lower and to try to associate ourselves with groups we consider to be higher. In compassionate, charitable people, this desire is repressed. In bigots, this desire is overwhelming. Members of upper-income groups often feel disdain, even fear, about those in lower-income group and wish to widen the socioeconomic gap between themselves and the lower group. And yet here we are. We're watching Code Pink go on NPR talking about an anti-war rally they're going to have in D.C., we got NPP is out there talking about they're going to be working with libertarians who push this kind of gap psychology, this kind of perversion of anarcho-capitalism, this kind of weird, wacko, right-wing crap because they're anti-war, because they're anti-anything that has to do with the state, because they're anti-anything that infringes upon their rights, including taxes, including social programs, including any government intervention whatsoever. Libertarians are the I got mine, fuck you of the gap psychology world. And yet these are the folks that they're bonding with in an anti-war rally. Now, if you understand what I've shown you and you understand, actually understand austerity and understand that this is a war on all working class around the world, okay, then you stop isolating the simple, easy, low-hanging fruit of just simply, hey, the 900-member Azov Battalion this and the bombs that, okay? Because this fight that we're talking about right here doesn't lend itself to bonding with libertarians. It doesn't lend itself to actually working with people pushing austerity at and they don't recognize austerity as murder. And if they did, they certainly wouldn't be having an anti-war rally with the chief purveyors of austerity. They certainly wouldn't be advancing garbage and ignoring austerity if they were serious about anti-war movement, which I do not believe they are. I believe this is about people collecting. 
I believe this is about remaining relevant. And unfortunately, as a result of that, austerity will once again, as always, be the sacrificial lamb for their excursions into right-wing politics. Okay? The concept of being anti-war is an extremely important thing, but it has to come with an understanding that war is waged through sanctions, that's economics, and austerity, once again, economics. But yet people enjoy being part of a larger group. It's part of the gap psychology. It's part of the in-crowd, out-crowd mindset, okay? And as a result of this, as we've stayed steady and talked MMT and haven't left, and as we've stuck by and talked specifically about the impacts of austerity and how it paves the way for war, interestingly enough. When we understand that U.S. sanctions create enemies abroad and we ignore the sanctions on United States citizens through austerity that creates the hate and the gun violence in our country, who is the bigger criminal? the people that are committing the austerity or the activists who are leading charges with big numbers and are ignoring it. I already know the bad guys are doing what they're doing. My problem is, is that because we've got people that wave, hand wave and say the system, the system, and they always want to punch that far up. They ignore the people that are killing them at this level that are creating a natural barrier to change, that are creating a barrier to us being able to overcome austerity narratives. And so as a direct result of this, if you make these points, you'll be excommunicated. How many times do you see a guy like myself pulled into other uh, of these all day panels and weekend panels? You don't, why is that? Because I'm busy calling them out for not speaking on this stuff. And every time I hear people that are running for office say the same things, that are afraid to tell the truth because they want to get elected. It's more important to them that they get elected thinking somehow or another an army of one is going to change Congress. When in reality, they need to be an army of informing people to create enough popular pressure to make government change. And then they will get elected when they are seen as a leader instead of a follower. But everybody wants to congregate against the low-hanging fruit and therefore austerity and all the poverty are ignored. When you strip the local and state governments of their the resources, the finances that they need because state and local governments are all hung up needing tax dollars. They all need it, local and state. And when they start competing with other states to bring the next Microsoft headquarters into their backyard or the next Amazon warehouse into their backyard or the next Boeing manufacturing plant into their backyard or the next whatever, every single time those competitions go on, what do they do? The governors, the different people sit there and talk with the CEOs and whoever of those major companies. And they say, listen, we will give you a sweetheart tax deal if you'll just come down here so we can have jobs. So what do they do? They literally raise taxes on the poor and they literally cut taxes on the new income coming in from the, whatever the headquarters is to sweetheart them in the door, or they cut services for the poor. 
This is called the race to the bottom. And it creates poverty. It creates poverty. I don't want to hear anything about sanctions and blah, blah, blah. When in reality, austerity is absolutely sanctions. It is literally depriving people of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's primarily robbing them of their health, their mental health, and robbing families a chance of surviving. How many divorces do you think happen as a result of financial instability? Think about it for a minute. And how many people do you think die as a result of divorce and poverty that comes from it? Because poverty always seems to follow divorcees, except for the people that marry up. You know, the people that, hey, I'm going to trade up. I don't, my uh, husband or wife, it doesn't make enough money. So I'm going to go after somebody with more money. You know, that same gap psychology in the marriage game plays well too. And you could tell the snobs of the world that literally ignore poverty because after all, as long as I do my good deed and do a few hours of volunteer work, Chauncey, I've done my part to eradicate poverty and you too can do your part too. And as long as that continues, the gap psychology will continue. And as long as gap psychology continues, you will never get a popular movement big enough to make an impact with the government we have today, you will never, ever, ever get that. Because the people right here are going to say, hey, I paid my student debt. Why should I have paid that? And you didn't. The other people, hey, I work in a union. I fought tooth and nail for my union benefits. I got a Cadillac plan through my union. Why should you get one? You didn't help out with our union. On and on and on. These selfish motherfuckers will say these things. And as a result of that, even people that say they're on your side will leave you hanging. I want you to remember, I want you to hearken back to when Bernie Sanders was running and they were doing the Las Vegas, I should say the uh, Nevada primary. In the Nevada primary, the culinary workers were not down with Medicare for all because they felt like they had earned their Cadillac plan. And the way they were gauging their self was by gap psychology. Hey, we've got this Cadillac plan, fuck everyone else. And the more you go back and you look at the generation before us and the generation before them, as they got glide into retirement, they had pension plans. Most people don't get pension plans. Back then, they had the ability, they had the ability to sock away a million bucks. They retire after 30 years, they have health care, they have huge amounts of money, and they don't care that nobody else, including their children and grandchildren, have any of those things. That's why when you look up, you know that that's only part of your battle. Gap psychology shows us that people one step above and even sometimes in the same station are the enemy. When I say the enemy, I'm not talking about final boss. If you're playing a video game, you're playing Sonic the Hedgehog, whatever, okay? When you fight each boss at each level, each boss is not as hard as the last boss, but there are still many bosses. There's capos in the mafia. There's tons of these mid-range bosses 
and I'm calling people who are stationed above you in this rat race to try to keep you down. That's kind of like a capo for the mafia. Another another rank in the step before you get the final boss at the top. And unfortunately, the working class, the 99%, includes many of those people up the food chain. They've just been convinced they're not part of the working class. So an, an act without class consciousness and an act where people don't understand that the government is the currency creator. And in a world where they don't understand gap psychology, they perpetrate the worst society has. And that's why groups like the Libertarian Party will work with quote-unquote leftists in the horseshoe arrangement, a red-brown alliance, ignoring the austerity component. And it's a damn shame, and we're all going to pay for it. And stop!